HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. If your food media diet is fueled by HRN, become a monthly donor today. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. I'm Allison Kane, and welcome to In the Sauce, a podcast about building consumer brands from the ground up. I love doing this show because I get to interview everyone from production gurus to marketing and social media mavens, anyone who can guide me on this crazy journey. This is the story of building Haven's Kitchen sauces, but it's also the story of every growing brand because we're all in the sauce. Today, I'm speaking with LaShawn Smedley, Manager of Corporate Supplier Diversity for the Kroger Company. The program works to connect women and minority-owned businesses with Kroger, and LaShawn spends his days actively seeking and building relationships with entrepreneurs to create a more diverse, equitable supplier base. Kroger has committed to spending $10 billion to promote diverse supplier spend by 2030. With over 11 years in the grocery industry, LaShawn has held numerous positions across Kroger, where he started in marketing. LaShawn currently serves, I'm going to, this is a long one, on the Ohio Minority Supplier Development Council's Local Advisory Committee and the Ohio River Valley Women's Business Council's Steering Committee. Did I get those right? Yes. Great. Amazing. Um, LaShawn, you know, I'm, I'm personally just thrilled that you're here. I'm so excited to spread the word about Kroger's work building diversity into your supply chain and I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Ali. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm excited to be here and excited to share some knowledge of supplier diversity and how it works within Kroger. So thank you for having me. Yeah, amazing. Um, okay, so I guess basically, you know, the the, the big question I have for you is, um, you know, about your your you've spent a decade at Kroger. You've seen the whole ecosystem of grocery. You've seen Kroger grow. You've seen consumer behavior change. You know, what are your sort of big picture thoughts about what's happening in the grocery industry and how Kroger is kind of leading the way there? Yeah, so um, you're right. There's been a lot of change since I first started 10 years ago, excuse me, 11 years ago within Kroger. I mean, Digital has gone through the roof, um, so there's a lot of focus on digital. 
Um, also, since then, we've, you know, we've had our private label product or brand, Simple Truth, has really grown and escalated, which is, you know, given suppliers another opportunity to come in and, you know, maybe do some private label opportunities. Um, sometimes our, you know, what we're seeing is our customers are changing. I mean, the different types of people that are actually shopping in our stores, it's not just, you know, women, it's, it's a lot of men going in there now. Um, so there's a lot of different types of shopper habits that we really need to pre- be prepared to, um, to, to make sure that we're ready to have those take on those customers and those people coming into our stores. So that's why it is so important to have, um, different types of, you know, vendors. So minority owned vendors, women owned, um, Hispanic, you know, the LGBTQ uh, plus community, veteran, you know, everything that falls under um, supplier diversity is hugely important at this point um, in, in the Kroger life cycle in, the, in, in my career right now. So a yeah. lot of things have changed. And it's funny because, you know, I mean, not funny, haha, but I had a, um, I had a gentleman on who was doing like DEI work with Haven's Kitchen. And we were talking about how, you know, it's not just to, you know, make the world feel better. You know, we don't build diverse ecosystems because it is popular or because, you know, it, it makes people feel good. I mean, that is obviously a part of it, right? Making people and everyone feel included is, you know, clearly important as is equity, but it's also just good business. And that's that I like that you said, you know, that it helps Kroger capitalize on all of the new customers that are coming in by having brands and suppliers that identify with those new customers so that there's, you know, they're creating products that make sense for new consumers. So it's clearly important to Kroger, which, which is pretty cool. And how did you get involved in the supplier diversity program? Yeah. So, you know, kind of piggyback off of what you said. So Kroger, we're in 35 States. We have almost 2,800 stores. We have um, 11 million customers walk through our stores every single yeah, that day. That number is staggering. So yeah, it's it's a huge number. So um, when we say it is important to have a diverse um, type of you know products or suppliers, um, we need to make sure we have what our customers are looking for. A, a lot of things is based off of data. Um, what mm-hmm. the customer is saying to Kroger. So customers are buying certain things or they're looking for certain things. And we're seeing, hearing that, and we're feeling that. So that's why it's important to have, you know, these these uh, supplier, the minority-owned vendors reach out to us and we're actually putting together partnerships with them to make sure we're fulfilling our customers' needs and wants. So, um, right. so yeah, very, very, very important. Now, the way suppliers can get engaged with the supplier diversity team or Kroger, um, you can go to our Kroger.com website. There is a supplier inclusion tab that you, you can click on at the bottom of the page. Um, it'll show you how to register. It'll give you like little questionnaires of, right. or like a little checklist to say, Hey, here's what you need. Um, before you reach out to, you know, anybody within Kroger. Um, we also have a supplier diversity at Kroger.com email box that 
you know, people can send their capability statements to. And What's our a capability team is, statement? Excuse me? <laughs> Just for people who don't know, what is a capability statement? Oh, so yeah, a capability statement is like a one to two page document that highlights, hey, here's, you know, my company, here's the products or services that we feel would be a great fit with the Kroger company, you know, have some images of it. Do you have UPC set up? Who's your, you know, who are you currently supplying? Are you already mm-hmm. supplying like a Target, a Walmart or, a you know, a, a, a CVS or whatever, you know, those other companies are? We want to kind of understand your story in a real short summary Mm -hmm. um, so we can review it. Um, And the reason why we like it to be one to two pages is we have 66,000 vendors um, within the Kroger portal already that we're already working with. And we are, you know, contacted by hundreds of suppliers, you know, on a weekly, monthly basis. So Mm -hmm. it's very important, you know, for you to have something short and sweet, but very, you know, impactful so we can see it and understand what you're trying to provide um, to Kroger. So that's why I say it needs to be, you know, short and sweet um, because, you know, we have a lot of people reaching out to us uh, right. you know, on a weekly basis. And like you, are you, I mean, I feel like, you know, how did you end up doing this? And are you alone here or do you have like a whole team of people fielding requests? Because I would imagine that there's some in incoming, but I would also imagine that you're looking, you know, you're keeping an eye on vendors that are out there and companies that are out there and trends that are happening to some extent too. So, you know, what, what does the supplier diversity team look like or is it just you? <laughs> yeah. So no, great question. Um, so first of all, I, the reason why I'm in this position is because I'm very passionate about helping people. First of all, I love to help yeah. people. Um, and I know I've personally thing. benefited from your help. <laughs> I know I, I, I'm trying to help as many suppliers come in the door as possible. But, you know, being a minority, um, I get it. You know what I mean? I get the, the struggle um, of, you know, doing business with even though I'm not an entrepreneur, I can only feel the struggle when I talk to some minority of vendors because uh, some of these vendors don't get an opportunity. So right. me being in the position that I'm in is so great because I can, you know, use my background of category management, sourcing, and then actually talk to those those decision makers because I've been there, done that, and and give them an impactful reason to at least have a meeting with, uh, you know, our minority owned vendors. So um, it's just very important to me. Um, and, and like I said, the way I got here was, you know, I asked a lot of questions um, mm-hmm. about, hey, how can I make an impact? And someone actually suggested that I apply to this position. And that's how I got here. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it's been a great almost three years of, of you know, leading this team, um, which is a team of one. Which yeah. is me. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you're so, leading it really well. Yeah, I really you're managing yourself incredibly well. <laughs> yeah. I, so we're we're looking to try to expand um, yeah. the team, um, but we're just not there yet. Well, we met because um, we, when we were certified women-owned business, we were invited to the Women and Minority-Owned Summit, um, and we, you know, we had a booth or a table. Um, because you partner with different organizations, right, that sort of feed into um, 
so that so that they're doing some of the pre-vetting, I I imagine, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah. we we try to partner with um, quite a few of the well, probably all of the certifying bodies. So we partner with WeBank, NMSDC, NGLCC, NVBDC, um, Disability In. We are also are partner with uh, WeConnect International, um, USHCC, um, USPAC. So I'm constantly in contact with all of these different certifying agencies to see, hey, you know, do you have suppliers, A, and B, how do we, you know, help groom the suppliers that you are working with or certifying? Um, Because, you know, Kroger, we're able to, you know, sometimes provide scholarship opportunities and whatnot. So we're always trying to find ways to help the certifying agencies and to get you know, the great suppliers that are coming out of these certifying agencies. Right. And, and I mean, I remember when you, cause when we went to that, you know, um, I don't know, summit or whatever we called it, I remember really vividly when you spoke and it was like, you had me at hello kind of moment. And <laughs> you, you said something about the 11 million people a day, which I did not know. Um, but you also said something, and I don't remember exactly because it was a few years ago, but, you know, I'm picturing kind of a bridge. And on one side is Kroger. You know, it's got, it's it's one of the biggest companies. It's like the shining star of grocery stores in America. 11 million customers walking through its doors or ordering from its website every day. And then, you know, on the other side of the bridge you have all of these really innovative companies that are run by, you know, not ConAgra and General Mills, right? And there are all of these smaller, you know, companies with diverse leadership and diverse teams that are making products that you've identified that you want. But there's all this like water in between Kroger and us. And you're the bridge, Right. Like, and that, and I guess it's, you know, it's kind of amazing that you are in that position, but I guess one of my questions is like, what if Kroger has to come a little bit halfway across the bridge to meet us because it needs to maybe have different rules a little bit, you know, we can't afford some of the things um, that the bigger companies and the more traditional CPG companies can yet we're not necessarily going to have the turns because we might be making um, niche products that haven't quite hit their growth ramp yet, but that are where the growth is, but not necessarily like a ton of volume. And Kroger kind of understands that. So you guys kind of come halfway across the bridge. What do we need to do as brands that want to make it at Kroger? You know, we don't just want to get the PO. We want to stay on the shelves. What are the things that you tell brands like mine to do um, that we can do that kind of cross the bridge from our direction so that we can meet, you know, somewhere in the middle? Yeah, no, that's I mean, that's that's a great point. I mean, you're right. We so my team is the bridge. I always I always bring that up that we, you know, mm-hmm. fill that gap yep. you know, between the, the, the Kroger company and the minority owned vendors. And, you know, there's a couple things that we do. Um, so we advocate, you know, for the minority owned vendors, first of all. Um, so we're 
your, you know, your first point of contact usually. And then we're the, the team that helps communicate to the category managers slash decision makers. And we're the ones that gets the conversation started. Um, so that's how you all can utilize us. We also, you know, when you do get in, um, we have, you know, some benefits. There's, you know, competitive net payment terms. Um, there's some, you know, different, there's some other fees that we can potentially waive right. um, depending on, you know, the, the situation or outcome of the supplier um, and what type of product or service they have. So there's different things that we can do. Um, right. Now, as far as, you know, what we're looking for from the supplier, um, innovative ideas, you know, there's so many different types of products and things out there already on the shelf. Um, There's the huge, the big boys, like you mentioned before, they're just, you know, those are traditional mainstays. So it's really, really hard for us to remove a Mm Coca-Cola or a Pepsi product when those are generating hundreds of millions of dollars. So, you know, it's, it's so important for minority owned vendors to find their niche, their niche and Mm -hmm. to, bring that unique value. How are you going to drive new customers to Kroger or how are you going to right. build brand awareness, you know, um, to current cus- uh, Kroger customers? How are you going to yeah. bring those customers to, to, to use and eat your product or whatever it is? Um, so I would say just understand, first of all, when you come to us, understand who you are, understand mm-hmm. where you stand in the competitive landscape Get some experience first, just to be honest. It's really difficult. Yeah. If, you're a new, if you're a new company, a new product, and you're knocking on Kroger's door, it's typically, it's very rare that you- it's too early. Yeah. Will get in because it's just, you got to understand supply chain. You got to understand, you know, on-time deliveries, you know, purchase orders. Can you scale? I mean, there's just so many different moving pieces. I mean, Kroger is a huge company. You got to remember right. we're a, a $122 billion plus um right operation. Right. We've got, like I said, 28, almost 2,800 stores. We've got 21, 21 divisions. So you need to understand in those 21 divisions, I always tell my, my suppliers, like, which division would you like to start off with? And if you can't right. tell me that, like, that's, you know, sometimes that could be a red flag right. because you should understand, oh, I'm this, you know, good for you, you know, product. So I want to start off in the, the West Coast, the Ralph's right. division, or I want to start off in King Supers, which is Colorado, because those are the customers that I know my mm-hmm. product will resonate with. Or, hey, I would love to start off online first. Can we start online and, and then can we grow from there and get brand awareness from there? So really understanding your product, where it fits in with the people that are buying your product is so important because yeah. then that helps us with the conversation um, with the category manager moving forward. So I would say to do that. Um Always have like promotional ideas, like when are you going to promote? Um, How are you going to promote? How are you going to get the, like I said, the Kroger customer to understand, you know, your product? Um, Get on the promotion calendar with, you know, with the category manager. So make sure you have those, you know, in in your back pocket. And then always know like your top, you know, two products. You know, if you've got five or six products, what's your top two? Um, Let us know that. Let us understand, you know, what those are so we can... Um, you know, really focus on those. And then we can say, because Kroger likes uh, suppliers that are innovative. So if you say, well, you know, we're doing good now with those 
two products. Now I've got these three that I've been wanting to bring to you. Boom, here it is. So, you know, just ha- and we call that innovation. I mean, just having that innovative idea, changing, you know, the 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 look and feel of what you got out there now. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that you yeah. can bring to the table. Um, you know, you but, just got to really understand yeah. the competitive landscape and, and kind of Kroger yeah. a little bit. You got to do your homework. I think it goes back to, you know, I talk a lot on this show about, you know, doing your research and, you know, not seeing the, you know, again, everyone knows who listens to me, you know, we're like 99% wholesale and, you know, 1% maybe direct to consumer. And that's mostly because we're a refrigerated brand. And also because I just, I love grocery stores. And I think everyone knows that by now I'm like a grocery store person. Um, I'm just, you know, it's, it's like a little bit of that, but mostly that it's a refrigerated supply chain and it's just hard to do directly to consumer. And so we just, that's just not where we're going to build out our business. Um, but a lot of D to C brands right now are trying to figure out their retail strategies, you know, and they've grown and they've made a really good community online and they have a lot of sales. Um, and one of the things I kind of try to always say is like, the the grocery store is your partner. It's not a it's not a block between you and your consumer. And the more that you can kind of see that and partner and and read about them, read about what makes Kroger different from the other supermarkets, you know, what makes each division like you said different from the other divisions and really knowing which division overlays with your customer. You don't want to be put into all 2,500 stores. That's a nightmare. Um, even if that they would do that, which you won't, right? Like it's not good for the company. And so it's not about the more the merrier. It's about like anything else, finding the right, you know, the right peg for the right hole and then proving that out and then getting to another peg and then another peg. Um, So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back um, and learn a little bit more about the program and about supplier diversity. And um, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Hannah, HRN's program manager. You may have noticed that we have a whole new look. We also launched a new website that's going to make your listening easier and more enjoyable than ever before. HRN is the original food podcast network. And as we enter a new chapter in our 12-year history, I want to ask you to invest in HRN for the long haul. If you rely on this show to fuel your food media diet, become a monthly sustaining member today. Our members keep the voice of America's food movement alive and kicking. Your donations support this podcast along with 40 other shows on Heritage Radio Network. Your contribution helps give HRN the security we need to stay on the airwaves throughout the pandemic and your continued support is allowing us to reopen our studio. Plus, we like to give our regular members special treatment. So sign up to become a monthly donor and get access to our secret menu. We've gathered together exclusive discounts and offers from some of your favorite food and beverage brands. 
so you get to enjoy insider pricing on goods that will ship right to your door. Join our community of monthly donors, and special deals will come your way throughout the summer. So can you make a gift of 5 or $10 a month? It'll show me and our whole team at HRN how much this podcast and food radio in general means to you. Become a monthly sustaining member today at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. I'm back with LaShawn Smedley, Manager of Corporate Supplier Diversity for Kroger. Um, okay, so sometimes, um, you know, one of the things about getting into retail, and I think what you were saying before the break is like Kroger probably shouldn't be your first retailer. Um, but for a lot of us, you know, if we've done well in independence or we've done well in sort of the natural channel, it is, it's definitely like on our, on our list of the ones that we want. Um, and I guess, you know, one of my questions is the, the process in general. So Kroger has something called Compass. <laughs> Can you break down a little bit, like, how does it work? You know, how many buyers are there? How many sections and sets are there? How many different, like, how would you even, like, how would you even talk about the Kroger ecosystem? If if someone reached out to you and they were, you know, a women-owned business and, and they, they had their ducks in a row and, you know, they, they had a product that you thought was really interesting and innovative, what, how would you explain the calendar to them or the reset schedule or what Compass even is or, or who their buyer would be? Like, how do, how do you break it down? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So <clears throat> you're right. Kroger, we plan off of a Compass calendar. Um, so that is our planning um, tool for all of our merchandise products. So grocery, frozen grocery, doll beverage, you know, drug gym, ETC, you know, all that you know, all those different departments. Um, so, A, I can honestly get um, the suppliers connected to the Compass calendar team, and they can start including them on those Compass calendar, um, uh, like email invites, mm. where you can actually view, hey, you know, Cookies has a review in period 10, week one. Um, so and that's just can- the first week of October, right? Or no? No. <laughs> yes, your Kroger. <laughs> I'm always like P2 is just February. No, yeah. but it's not. No, it's P2 not. is not okay. February. So Kroger <laughs> is on a fiscal. Uh, we have our own Kroger fiscal. So our uh, f- the first period starts in February. You're right. But that's okay. period one. Okay. So, so Feb is P1. <laughs> yeah. January is P13. So it's a 13 okay, period it. calendar. Um, P1 is February. January is P13. So um, the way I would, you know, talk to them about the calendar is, hey, first of all, you know, it's it's at least an eight to 12 month planning cycle um, right. before the actual meeting. So we call the the category managers call the meetings new item appointment meetings um, or actually let me let me take a step back I'm, i apologize yeah. so no no it's confusing <laughs> when, we, it's when we look at the when we look at the compass calendar and let's say cookies and cracker is you know it says reset in period 10 
week two. Um, that means we need to get in front of the category manager probably six months right. to eight months before that actual reset. Um, because what it is, is they need to do have those new item meetings to understand, hey, I'm reviewing my current suppliers and I'm reviewing new suppliers that I think are unique. And then when you get that meeting review, that's when, you know, what we talked about, the capability statement, understanding mm-hmm. all that information that we talked about before, that's when you're going to bring all of that information to the table, the samples and everything um, to the category manager. And they typically have their a team there where it's someone that will actually be in, in charge of the planogram, which is writing the product in on the shelf. Right. Um, so all of these people are reviewing the product and saying, hey, we believe that this product can generate X amount of dollars. We know we want to remove, you know, this other cookie supplier and they only generated, you know, X amount of dollars. So let's input this new supplier in. Mm -hmm. So we want to get way ahead of um, these meetings, get your information in front of the category manager. um, And then, you know, the category manager then takes it from there. But, I'm, our team is usually a part of that conversation, especially right. the initial conversation. Um, sometimes if you all, the minority owned vendors need, you know, help with, you know, how does my presentation look or do I have the data? We're here to do that as well. Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's just a long process, just to be honest. Right. It's, it usually right. no. takes and eight to 12 months just to get on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, and, and that's one thing I always say to people who are used to selling directly, you know, it's, it's not tomorrow, you know? So if you're planning on launching retail as a channel um, and you've been primarily direct, count on it being, you know, a year, um, yep. which feels like a really long time, but, you know, you have your first meeting, let's say six to eight months in advance, and then they let you know about three months before they send you the purchase order so that you can get your supply chain ready. Is that about right? Yeah, it sounds, it sounds about right. Yeah. Depending on um, the the category, the commodity, whatever it may be. Yeah. That sounds very um, reasonable and feasible. You know, I want to back up a second because I, I, the words are a little challenging sometimes when, you know, minority owned or women owned, you know, even, you know, we, um, on our team, you know, we're women and non-binary led, and that sounds very wordy. Um, but it's important to our team that, you know, they feel represented when we talk about ourselves as a team. So let's just go back for a second, because I forgot to ask this at the beginning, but what qualifies as a diverse program in the Kroger ecosystem? Yeah, no, great question. So um, what we count as a diverse business, so we're utilizing, you know, the definitions from all the certifying bodies. So, you know, WeBank, NMSCC, NGLCC, NVBDC, and the like. So it is a business at least 51% owned and operated by a U.S. citizen and is one of the following, you know, categories. So we're talking about all the ethnicities, African-American, Asian, Mm -hmm. Asian Pacific, Asian Indian, Native American, Hispanic, woman, LGBTQ+, veteran, veteran disabled, and people with disabilities. Yeah. But we're also 
um, we're, we're trying to grow our global presence. So we also have um, some international certifying bodies that we work with um, called WeConnect. And mm-hmm. again, that's, you know, right now we're in Canada. We just opt into um, China and those are women owned businesses based off of uh, that certifying body's definition. Got it. Amazing. Okay. So I asked you basically what we can do to set ourselves up for success if we're, you know, able to get a meeting with you. But then what would you say um, if we are able to get a meeting with a category manager who basically holds the keys to the kingdom, um, aside from working with you to make sure that, you know, the, the, the deck essentially is ready. Is there anything that you see that you wish brands would do better when they do get in front of the buyer that you're like, ah, I wish they would have said this or, ah, I wish they wouldn't have said that when they are in the meetings with the buyers. Um, yeah, I would just (laughs) say, you know, um, there was a meeting that I had that was, you know, didn't really talk about, you know, the, the, what the company could bring to the table. Mm. It was, it was just a lot of just talking about stuff that didn't really, that wasn't fruitful and, and, and edifying, um, the product or the brand, you know what I mean? Right. I would really keep it really, um, about the product, how it's going to, you know, resonate with the Kroger customer, how you're going to generate, um, new customers for the Kroger stores really focus in on that and focus right. in on promos and how you're going to, you know, get, you know, visibility. Like, yep. are you using influencers? Are you on social media platforms? You know, are we going to do coupons right. or, you know, you know, are we going to do special uh, retails when you first get in? That's kind of what I would focus on. Right. I don't, you know, you don't really need to focus on the other stuff. Let's really focus on, Hey, here's how we're going to build traction when we get in your stores. And speaking of promotion, um, I have also told this story a lot of times, but like at the very beginning, I didn't understand that brands needed to promote. I like, I mean, I was very new to this grocery store game and I was like, No, because then people just think that, you know, they'll just wait to buy you on sale and then they won't buy you in regular times. And people were like, well, yes, but, you know, there's nothing that drives people to try it for the first time better than a yellow tag, basically. Um, And it's taken me some while to sort of understand the balance. You don't want to be a brand that's always on sale, deeply discounted, because then you're sort of hinting that you're not worth, you know, what you are. Um, but you do need to promote not only to get people to try you, but also just because it's part of the the partnership with the retailer, essentially. How do we, is there a place for brands to go to see what a promotional calendar or schedule could look like or what the options are online? I mean, now there are so many different ways to promote and to, you know, to get people to try you and to, you know, bring people to your product, it can be a little overwhelming, um, especially with a big, a big retailer like Kroger. Is there a resource for that? Or is that something that once people talk to you, 
you would then say, here are the seven things that you can offer that a lot of early brands offer or something like that. Yeah, no, that 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 conversation does not start with um, the supplier diversity team. It starts with the category manager. So right. um, each category or commodity has a different promo schedule. Right, got um, it. So they, you know, you need to have that conversation with that person um, if you get selected. And that's one of the important things that you need to understand is, hey, how do I align my products with your promo calendar. Right. Um, so that's where the conversation, you know, starts and ends. Is there um, any what, pre-research we can do other than just like walking around Kroger's and trying to figure out how often different categories go on promotion and maybe when, like, is there, is there any resource guide there? Yeah, not not necessarily, you know, that's available out there because right. I mean then that, that goes out to the competition. Um uh, so yes. you know, have that readily <laughs> That yeah. makes sense. Got it. Yeah. Understood. Um okay, before I let you go, my last question. I asked you a little bit about what advice you would give to us in our buyer meetings, but in any in any you know, part of the ecosystem, product development, pricing, supply chain, marketing, you know, you see so many companies come across your desk and you see the ones that are successful and you see the ones that aren't. Um, If you had any advice to give that you could just shout across the rooftops to, you know, new founders and new brands is there anything that you wish that we would do better or that you wish we would stop doing? Um, I would just say you just really have to do your homework and understand yeah. who you're talking to. Like when you're talking to Kroger um, category managers, you got to really believe and understand they have seen so many different types of suppliers. They've seen all the data that they could possibly see. So mm-hmm. they really need to understand um, a, you know, where do you fit in the competitive landscape? B, how are you going to bring new customers to our uh, to to buy your product and bring them into the stores? How are you going to build customer loyalty for the current Kroger customer? Um, and then you really have to understand who's buying your product. Where should we start you off? Where do you really think you're fitting in? Are you an upscale product? Are you mainstream? Are you value? I mean, right. you really need to understand your product and you need to do your homework when you're working with a retailer like Kroger. You have to understand Kroger, too. And I'm not saying you have to be an expert, right? Um, but you have to understand the supply chain, you know, how many distribution centers we have, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we it's do big. have manufacturing plants. Yep. There's just so much that you can find out on our Kroger.com website. Yeah. Um, I wanted to end the episode with a fun fact. I did not know this, but speaking of doing their research, in 1972, (laughs) Kroger became the first grocery retailer in America to try an electronic scanner. I did not know that. Until then, everything was manual. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I I went deep. Um, uh, Okay, LaShawn, I know you said it at the beginning, but if you are a... um, you know, a qualified brand and you are looking to build a relationship with Kroger, the best way for them to reach out to your team, AKA you is there's a website or there's an email. Yes. 
Right. So um, the way to contact us is um, Kroger.com, and then you will scroll all the way to the bottom, and it'll have a tab that says suppliers and something else. I can't remember, suppliers and something. And then from there, you will be able to see a supplier inclusion tab. It'll show all the information of how to log on um, to some of our portals and how to register into some of our systems. Or you can email your capability statement to um, Kroger Supplier Diversity, or excuse me, Supplier Diversity at Kroger.com. Amazing. LaShawn, thank you. Thank you so much for not only coming on this show, but for doing all of the work that you do. You're building that bridge. Um, You're helping so many brands, you know, really make their dreams come true. And not only that, but, you know, because we are, you know, successful at stores like Kroger, it means that we can build our teams and hire more people and, you know, serve more people. Um, So it's, it's great work. Um, So thank you. And thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. And I, I'm really honored to be here. And, you know, hopefully um, this was fruitful for s- some people. So yeah. thank you so much for having me. It was, it was an honor. Amazing. And Amanda, thank you as always for your engineering prowess. And all of you listeners, thank you for continuing to listen. I hope this is helping. Um, and I'll be back next week with another episode of In the Sauce. In the Sauce is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.